Our second message today from Mr. Gregory has its own agenda. It's called a report, an announcement, and a scripture. Mr. Gregory. Message today is uh, in three parts, not necessarily even, but uh, three separate parts. First is a report, as I mentioned before, to the Tulsa congregation, kind of the state of the congregation. And I would like to share with uh, you some information from my notes and from Richard's and things that he's compiled for us. Uh, first thing is uh, the attendance figures for the congregation going back 13 years, beginning 13 years ago. Now, the history of the Tulsa congregation, uh, actually the congregation began in 1964, the Worldwide Church of God, then in 79-80, a separation, and the present congregation really going back to the roots there, and then through CGI, and then a separation, and continuing as an independent congregation since early 90s. So, uh, the attendance uh, was considerably higher years ago, but uh, beginning uh, 13 years ago, our attendance was 86, average attendance on the Sabbath, 86, 81, 83, 83, these are declining years coming this way, 81, 74, 73, 64, 68, 66, 71, 72, last uh, January of this year, 69 average, and this month of February, average of 55. And today we have less than 50 here. So you can see uh, in January, February, the average attendance is around 60 for this year. But average attendance going back 13 years uh, from uh, 72 in 2013 back to 13 years was up in the 80s and then higher. There are reasons why there are declining uh, numbers in uh, attendance. And then the second thing is the income status of the uh, Tulsa Church of God. Last year we had uh, income of $82,874, which was an average monthly income uh, of, uh, no, pardon me, uh, let's see, yes, average income of $6,900 per month. We ended up short last year, $9,791, because we took some money from savings. We'll expl I'll explain some of that a little later. Uh, for the last 15 years, the last 15 years, the average income for the Tulsa congregation has been $74,000 a year, $6,175 per month. Some months higher, some months lower. Uh, some years higher, some years lower. And uh, there are... Uh, charts, nice colorful charts like this that Richard puts together on his computer that shows the income and uh, the win-loss situation of each year going back uh, on this chart to 1997 and uh, previous years we have previous uh, uh, reports. Okay, um, reason for the shortage this year was uh, this, basically without giving exact specifics for all of this. Uh, we had some major expansion in the parking lot, major redoing and some building repairs. Uh, that was about $40,000 for those. Uh, we had the new sign, we've had mowing, the, the grounds and the yards upkeep, uh, a lot of damage on our trees and landscaping, several thousand dollars there, telephone, utilities, 
uh, the ministerial housing allowance. The congregation gives me uh, $600 a month. That's all I would take for years and years. I said no more. While I was working, I could support myself. That's a little bit to compensate for taking off work in the daytime, going to the hospital visitation, coming, checking the buildings, checking with the police reports, uh, taking care of a lot of banking, a lot of uh, business that needs to be done, visitations, going to the hospital. So that 600 month kind of helped carry the uh, cost of the housing allowance. And then we pay $500 a month for Richard for doing all the books and the banking and, and all the things that he does uh, in helping maintain the uh, financial uh, things of the, country, uh, of the congregation. And he and I working together closely in paying bills, utilities, insurance, uh, uh, $4,000 approximately for the insurance. We give us 10% of our income, which last year was uh, $7,500 to CGOM, Church of God Outreach Ministries. Um, miscellaneous expenses, uh, we could go into uh, a lot of expenses, but we ended up short taking money from savings. We have about $50,000 in savings now, uh, roughly. During this last year, we added two deacons and two deaconesses to our uh, ministry. We elected another board of trustees for another three years of continuance of the Board of Trustees. We've had several baptisms. We've had several special meetings. Uh, we have a new sign, a new baptismal tank, uh, and uh, uh, several, several other changes that have taken place during the uh, year. Now, CGOM, let me give a report on that uh, for uh, Church of God Outreach Ministries. And Richard, uh, printed up some things that I'm going to read for us here, but basically I'll say this. For the last 15 years, uh, the average income for CGOM, that's from our congregation, like well, we, we contribute 10%, and then others around the world that contribute has been $48,000 a year. Monthly, about $4,000. Uh, the uh, uh, printing, postage, domestic, overseas, contract labor, uh, the uh, postage is about, uh, let's see, about $10,000 for the year. And the printing cost was uh, about 11000 And then uh, other expenses, uh, the contract labors, uh, Janice 250 for taking care of mailing, uh, and she's working almost full time in doing the mailings to all over the world, and Richard is doing a lot of that on the internet, website, a lot of the mailings, and literature, magazines, New Horizons, coordinating with James McBride and with Canada, and uh, he's doing a lot of uh, work for the uh, CGOM outreach in addition to what he's doing for his own employment and for the Tulsa Church. Now, you know, from time to time in past years we've had uh, conferences where the Tulsa Church has sponsored CGOM conference. Uh, this year we're probably doing a teleconference with the committee chairs and then next year maybe the Tulsa Church because people like to come here and see you folks and uh, but uh, it's a big expense for them to come from uh, other areas of the world and from uh, other areas of the United States but we enjoy having that weekend conference of seeing some of those folks and all the activities so perhaps in 2015 we will be able to have a general conference of uh, Church of God Outreach Ministries here. So now let me read some things that Richard just sent me uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
CJOM income was down from last year by 3.05%, but we were able to keep expenses down to finish in the black by $9. CJOM finished in the black $9. However, during this same time, our website email request for literature was up by 103.4%, or better than double what we had in 2012 for a total of 1,914 responses or requests in 2013. Our 800 calls, and we pay for several hundred dollars for our 800 toll-free phone number, so anybody in the world can call, uh, and we've been monitoring that uh, CGM uh, phone at home. It's a separate phone, and uh, we get requests and calls and literature uh, requests and all kinds of things uh, on that call come in to the uh, toll-free number, so we, we pay for that so people can call us free. We don't call out on it. We can't call out on it. Um, so our regular, oh, our 800 calls were up by 13.24% over last year for a total of 231 calls in 2013. Richard, I don't know if, the, do you count the call of calls that we get at home, or, or how are you monitoring this, uh, if you don't mind my asking, 231 calls. Okay. Okay, okay, that's good. Then you've got that figure. Our regular posted mail receipt was down by less than one half percent, point thirty one percent specifically from last year. So essentially the same as 2012 for a total of 962 pieces of mail sent in 2013. In 2013, we were able to do much more with less money, but it was very close. So far in January, that's this year, our 800 calls are up by 7.28% from January of last year. And our regular posted mail is up by 0.74% for this same time last year. However, income in January was 35.88% lower than this time last year. And so far in February is running 34.05% lower than last year. While our website literature requests in January are up by 7.28% over January of last year. So we're getting more requests but less money. We added 813 new names in our mailing list in 2013 compared to 386 last year in 2012, a year, two years ago. So much better than double the number of new names last year. Our current mailing list consists of 1,611 names on our international mailing list, 483 on our Canadian mailing list, and 8,177 on our domestic mailing list. So. These are people that receive literature or magazines or regular requests and uh, articles, and we have a catalog that we send out and they request uh, on a regular basis. Uh, we are most definitely need continued prayers and support for CGOM to be able to continue to meet the demands in requested literature around the world. And uh, so we just elicit prayers and, and concerns for the... Uh, CJOM, Church of God Outreach Ministries. Now let me put these. Uh, I didn't go through and give a breakdown of all of the incidental items uh, from CJOM and uh, uh, from the Tulsa Church of God. Uh, we have it, and uh, uh, Richard has put a lot of work, and he keeps all those exact records in his uh, computer. You can see how all of this is... Uh, kept up day by day, month by month, year by year, with this beautiful charts that he gives us. And uh, 
he gives those reports to our board of trustees and uh, to me, and we work close together off and on and have been for a long time over the years, the necessity of uh, all the business activities that goes on in the Tulsa congregation. Now, that's the report. Uh, it's amended, it's brief. If you have questions, you can ask me, you can ask Richard. Uh, he has a lot of these statistics and specifics that he keeps that are just mind-boggling. Uh, you know, he can do this on a computer. Uh, and so if you have some of those uh, specific questions, you might uh, want to uh, ask him about that. I can give you a little bit of information, but he can give you more specific. Now, the second part is for an announcement. For several reasons, I'm resigning as pastor of the Tulsa congregation this coming year. Steve Andrews has uh, been functioning as co-pastor and Barnabas Grayson as elder were going to step up and increase their responsibility. We've already included Barnabas who he and Carolyn had to be absent today to go to Eufaula for a funeral and her family. So that's the reason they're not here today. But uh, they're going to be assuming more responsibilities. Our targeted uh, transition is uh, for Steve to be in a mentoring program for over the next uh, uh, quarter period of time, April, May, June, finishing out this quarter, April, May, June, and then starting in July in that uh, quarter, coming up the third quarter, more specific uh, duties, responsibilities. Uh, we've already, because of the Yellow Page directory and the advertising that we do in the phone book, it used to be in August you could notify and they'd have the printing by November. They've stepped it up now to March 1st. So Steve and I have been working for the last couple of weeks, and I'll tell you what, if you ever have to do business with AT&T, you end up in Jamaica, you end up in the Philippines, and you end up three hours on the telephone, finding out people, I can't switch you. They work for the phone company, but they can't switch you to another call. And then for a couple of weeks, we've had scheduled a uh, phone installation in the Andrews home, and that hasn't happened yet, delays. So we're hoping that with Steve's pushing, if he can get in to them, it used to, you could go sit down in an office with somebody and tell them your concerns and they'd take care of it. Not anymore. Have, have any of you ever tried to get on AT&T's menu phone line? You will, uh, you will be there for hours talking to people in, like we did in Jamaica and the Philippines and no, no help so far. So, so that's in the progress. Now, uh, we're, we're planning on changing. The, the church phone number will stay here. That's through Cox, the 438-7777. That'll stay the same. Janice and I, who have shared our 6223448 number with the church for many years, are going to keep that number. And there's going to be a new number for the Tulsa Church of God. And uh, that number will be 918-835-6202. So you'll be called, if you call the Tulsa Church of God or advertising in the newspaper, advertising in Yellow Pages, if we can get into that, uh, it'll be. And if you have a request, anybody out there on the Internet, if you have requests, you, whatever you want, you call, you're going to be talking to Steve or Miriam Andrews at their home, Tulsa Church of God representatives, and the, at that number, 835-6202. Okay, excuse me. Now, yeah, even though it's not in yet. Now, he's got an answering machine, he told me today also, so they're ready for that. Now, Miriam and Steve are going to need our prayers because they're going to be having a lot of things to do 
Uh, let me read a scripture here from 1 Timothy, the uh, third chapter, verse 1. If you have that, okay. Uh, I'll just read it off the board. It says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now, let me tell you. It's not the desire that's important. It's the work. And I asked Steve, why would anybody want to do this job? You don't do it for vanity or for performance. Just like we have uh, in our Sabbath school teachers, special music, greeters, ushers, song leaders, speakers. We don't do this out of a performance or to show off some talent or ability that we have to look great and good. We do it because God has called, separated, set us apart, given us a work to do. There's a lot of things that Steve is and Miriam are going to be doing that most folks don't know about because of confidentiality and confidential. Now, as the coming pastor and shepherd, he's going to have a rod and a staff, and he's going to be called on to defend us several times a year, hopefully not too often. I have to look people in the eye and say, you're welcome to come and worship God and uh, fellowship with the family, but keep your proselyting and your aberrant doctrines to yourself. Or, as maybe another minister might, and as happens, and no names or whatever, but we'll say, I understand someone is visiting your congregation. Let me tell you, they've been a trouble and a problem in two other churches of God, so keep your eye on it. A lot of this Miriam won't even know about. It'll be between Steve and God. Now I'm just telling you a little example. Or bring some money. I'm down here at the Holiday Inn Motel. You heard me tell this. I need $100. Bring me $100. Steve's going to say, I'm not bringing you $100. It's going to require some boldness and strength and prayers and wisdom to know when he can help, when he can't help, on behalf of all of us. So, uh, that's, uh, that's just something that, that uh, they're going to uh, grow into now. Um, one thing they're going to do is start getting here about an hour early. Because, yeah, it'll happen. Because you need to know the condition of the grounds. You might put the trash out or maybe have, like, one of the parents. I've had one of the, with his permission, his son, go out with a bag and pick up trash. Know the lights are out, maybe the greeter's late, maybe the speaker's late. Work with the song leader, work with the prayer announcements, check on the building, check on the grounds. Steve, you're going to, you and Miriam, you're going to be here about 12 o'clock. Okay? Start, <laughs> no, st start service at 2. <laughs> you will work, okay. Uh, because uh, there's a, a lot of things that uh, are going to uh, be transferred to you. Over time, uh, shopping, going, taking care of bills, working with Richard, going to the post office, going to the bank. If the police call you and say, come out here, the lightning struck the alarm out here. We need you to come with the alarm company. You're going to have to come out here. Uh, maybe at midnight or call David Hope. He's close. Maybe he can come at midnight. Uh, maybe I can help some of that. So maybe some of us that live close. Lucille, she's not too far away. She can come out here maybe. I don't know. Uh, so you'll grow into that. You'll learn, you'll learn some of these things. Uh, uh, business contacts, insurance, talking to the insurance agent, talking to uh, uh, all the people that call in and, and maybe say, uh, uh, 
You know, we'd like to send our people over there. We'd like to talk to your young people. Uh, you just tell them well, we have our own conference, we have our own speakers, we have our own teachers. Uh, kind of put them off. Can you give us? We're down here in the motel. Uh, you know, uh, can you bring us a hundred dollars or whatever? That's you'll get those those calls. Just this week, Janice, I think you, while I was away, we had like three or four calls, like that. Four. So as soon as you get that phone, and we're going to refer those to you and. Uh, you can, you can handle them, okay? <laughs> Meantime, we'll do. And uh, uh, preparing food baskets and things like that and taking them out to folks and uh, going to the hospitals and weddings and funerals and uh, you know, all of that uh, is... The uh, reason I'm just sharing a little bit of this, brethren, is uh, pastor isn't just a name. Just uh, our pastor come up here and give us announcements. It's a work. It's a full-time work. And a lot of this is unknown, unseen, coming out here several times, checking on the building, checking on the grounds, uh, uh, taking off work, uh, missing pay, telling your boss, I can't come there, I gotta go to the, visit somebody in the hospital. And uh, so you, you, being in the ministry for years, you're doing some of this already and you know. So just, I'm telling the rest of the congregation a little bit that you're gonna be working and Miriam's gonna be helping you. And she's going to be going out to the post office uh, while you're at work and getting stamps. And she's, what? She doesn't drive. I know she doesn't drive, but she's got grandkids and kids that drive. <laughs> Look at all those sons and daughters over there. They got cars. The whole family involved. The whole family. You got a big family, Steve. <laughs> Miriam, call on those daughters. <laughs> They're not close to you. They can come on at their expense and take her to the bank. Or take her to the post office and get some stamps for you so you can pay bills. Okay, let's see. How much time do we have? Do we have time for that scripture? Okay, that's it. Okay. Uh, Steve, uh, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> Just leave, leave some of it. Hey, I had some more notes, but, but <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just leave that here. Uh, okay, uh, let's see here. Okay, we're winding down. This is the scripture that I want to leave us with today. And I think we know that uh, several times in the, uh, oh, by the way, uh, we have 57 here today. I said about 50 or less than 50. So we have actually 57 attended attendance today. Saw that on the, the board and I wanted to share that with you. So that puts our average up just a few for this year. Uh, a couple. Several times in recent sermons, we've heard the speakers have uh, reference to some of the things that Paul and John uh, wrote about, about the uh, unrighteous not inheriting the kingdom of God. Uh, there are in uh, those uh, references, uh, references to the conduct that uh, many folks even have today that are comparable to what were in Paul and John's day, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sorcerers, all liars, all of those are gonna burn in the lake of fire unless repentance. But the good news, and this is what the good news is, in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. 
We've read several times those descriptions, descriptions of carnality, but we haven't put a lot of emphasis on this verse. And this is what I wanted to share with us today. Verse 11. It says several things that are very important here. And such were some of you. Some of you, us, were liars, murderers, adulterers, fornicators, covetous. We could go through that. Some of us were that way. We know this. We all know it. And we, we know we had a past. We were sinners. Some very bad sinners. And it seems to be the worse sinner you are, the more you love. That seems to be the balance. So some of us have a lot of love because we were really wicked, bad people. And continuing on here, such were, were in the past, some of you. But, and I had a scripture sermon one time several years ago. Remember that? All the buts in the Bible. Remember that? But there's a lot of nevermore, nevertheless, but, but. <laughs> there are a lot of buts in the Bible. Okay. Are washed, but you are washed. Remember? Now, let's go to Acts, the 22nd chapter. Uh, Brian, that one verse there. We're going to come back here to 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, but Acts twenty-two sixteen. Acts 22, 16, this is Paul relating of his conversion experience when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, when he was got murdering and killing people, and he was blinded, you know, when he saw Jesus, and we had conversation about there was a blinding light, and he heard Jesus talking to him, and then one time says the men that were with him, uh, the entourage heard, but they didn't, and another time it says they didn't hear, well, the explanation is that hearing and not hearing is this. How many times have I told you? Didn't you hear what I said? Yes, I heard you. They heard with the hearing, but they didn't understand with the brain. Remember, parents, we say that. Listen to me. Hear what I'm telling you. What we're saying is listen and understand. So they heard a voice. Paul was blinded by the light, and they saw the light, but they didn't hear, but they heard. So what they heard is they didn't understand because Paul and Jesus were talking to one another. And you can read more of that. But uh, in verse 22 it says, Paul uh, was told to go uh, blinded into uh, uh, Jerusalem and he'd meet Ananias who was a devout student and uh, God was arguing with uh, Ananias. didn't want to do this, but he convinced him. You can read Acts 9 and Acts 22. And uh, so Paul went there blinded, and Ananias laid hands on him and healed him. And this is what he told him. And now, why tarriest you? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Those of us who were terrible sinners, we have confidence and great joy and love because our sins were washed away. We've gone through the waters of baptism. We have a clear conscience. And do you remember the conversation Jesus had with Peter when he said, wash my hands and my body also? And Jesus said, you know, he that's bathed is washed all over. And uh, so when we take a bath, you know, we get all, we wash everything. And our hands and feet and hair and, and body. And the uh, same thing when we're baptized, we go totally. We don't just 
throw a like the uh, Presbyterians do in the drought. They just shake a hand uh, a washcloth on them and sprinkle them, or maybe the Catholics just sprinkle them. But we put a uh, all of us go under that water completely, and when we come out of there. Our sins are washed away and left, and we have walked in newness of life. We understand baptism and the significance of that. That's us. That's us. We were that way, but now we're this way, and uh, calling on the name of the Lord. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 11. We'll finish up here. You are washed, but you are sanctified. Now, sanctified means set apart, separated to God for a holy purpose and holy use. Now, brethren, we don't walk in the world anymore. We don't be like those wicked people out there. We're different. We're separate. From Genesis to Revelation, you've heard me talk about messages about the key and theme is separation. Separate yourselves from the ungodly. Separate. We're, we're sanctified. We're set apart. We're separated to God for a holy use. And that's what we are. We're serving God. Just about everybody in this congregation has something to do, don't we? If you don't have something to do, see me afterward or the deacons. We got things you can do. Now, I'm going to tell this again. And Steve knows this. And you all have heard me tell this. Several years ago, uh, people started attending service. And he kept wanting to talk to me and have a meeting with me. And finally he did. And he said, well, I'd like to, I'd like to speak in the congregation because there's some things they're not getting. And I'd like to talk to them. And I said, now, we have a lot of opportunities in the congregation. We have sound system. We have ushering. We have greeting. We have uh, physical things, uh, duties and things that you can do. But we have uh, a number of men in our speech club, and that by, the, by this time, about every year, we were having our Tulsa Men's uh, Speech Club. Most of you men have been through there. And I said, there's guys ahead of you. Right now we have about 12, I think, I think there's about 12 people speaking here. So it ends up, some of the speakers only have like a split sermon once every quarter, every 12 weeks or so. So by having more speakers, we have less opportunities. But I said, we have guys ahead of you, and uh, you just have to be patient and wait. That's not what he wanted to do. Then he wrote a letter. Then he talked to some guys. This guy said, Mr. Gregory makes a schedule, which Steve will be doing that for the quarter. And then that didn't satisfy him. Then he wrote letters to the membership, some of you. And I know some of you got upset and were going to poke him in the nose. <laughs> but uh, we caution, you know, that's not the way we do. We're not a militant, violent congregation. I've always said, though, that for you guys that are packing, if somebody comes in back there, jump up in front of me and take a bullet for Gregory, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm making fun of a little situation, but the, 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 the family, they left, and they went somewhere else, and, and no problem, because time after time, Steve, people are going to come with ulterior motives, and they want from here to address you're going to have to question and say, I want to know what you're speaking about first. No, we don't believe that. No, you can't do that. To protect us, because we're a sheep. We're sheep. Meh, you know. And we need you with that rod and that staff to protect us. Okay? And uh, 
I'm making a lot of this because it happens more often than most of you know. Some of you, I've related some of this to you, and I've told some of you in privately, and uh, some of you, and so I'm just kind of laying it out here because we're vulnerable, and a lot of people looking around, and they think there's that rich church, and they got buildings and grounds and things, and boy, it'd be nice to go over there and be the big shot preacher. It's not the way, and I think in our Constitution recently, the, one of the things that they instituted, uh, I think Ron was pushing this or somebody, was that the ministers in the future are going to have to show their proof of ordination and license and, and their uh, certificate uh, that they are and who they are and can do some checking and find out, is this guy for real? Uh, is this person for real? That's, that's okay. We, we do those things. Now, so we're, set of, we're sanctified, brethren. We're holy. We're set apart for God to use us. Every one of us are doing something, even the young people be doing something if, if nothing else like I won't mention a name but take a would you mind taking a garbage bag and going out picking up trash oh yeah and have done that and with the father's permission <clears throat> then later I've said here here's a little couple of dollars for reward not I didn't hire you on the Sabbath I just show an appreciation for doing that and so that's we need to do that Probably the young guy needs getting a little older now. He needs a little more money, probably. So, Steve, I'll pass that on to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the next thing in here. But you are justified. Justified. This word is a legal word that gives us... Uh, release from the legal obligations and responsibilities of life like sin in our life has brought upon us death. So God has taken that upon his son Jesus and transferred it and so we're no longer guilty and our sins have been washed away and so we have a clear conscience and we can approach God in a justified, made right a righteous state because God has justified us. And uh, this is a, a legal and a formal, it's a verb uh, of acquittal from guilt by God pronouncing the sinner is righteous. And now, Vine's Expository Dictionary of Greek Words and uh, Strong's will give you a little bit of help in explaining and understanding those uh, terms. We're justified. We're pronounced innocent and no longer guilty because Jesus took those upon himself for us and died and was resurrected. And now through, look at this. You're justified in, uh, I've written over something, let me read up here. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, in the name, this phrase, when you read it in the Bible, it means by the authority. When we go out and we say, Jesus said, you go out in my name, that means by my authority. We do this in the name of Jesus. We come up here and we say, to bless this congregation, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We do this by the authority that he has given us to use his name. 
and to pass that blessing on. So when we do something in the name of, we're doing it with the authority. If I tell you, go out and use my name, go down here and do this and use my name, I'm giving you authority to do that. God has given us, every men and women in this congregation, those of us who have been baptized and uh, sanctified and justified, now we have the authority. Uh, you know, we've had special meetings and we've talked about having other meetings and uh, a theme of one of our uh, CGUN meetings several years ago was personal uh, evangelism. And we encourage everyone to use the occasion in a nice right way with your neighbors, with your boss, with your employees, with your family as you can. Uh, present the gospel message, the good news. There's getting so many occasions now. People are beginning to recognize the evil in the world. And so we have an open door to talk about the kingdom of God and new things. And so uh, I'll just share this. One time uh, several years ago, we had a conference. And at the urging of one of the other men, uh, we invited a man to speak. And so when I talked to him, I asked him, uh, what is the title? Of him? What are you going to be speaking about? I don't know until I get up there. Oh, about that time... I thought later, I should have said, tell you what, we'll get somebody that knows what they're going to talk about, that has some notes of preparation. I didn't. As a result, the message was okay, but it wasn't about personal evangelism. It was about something else. And um, I'm not going to mention names or timing or any of that, but uh, Steve, I'm encouraging you. And somebody calls you and said, hey, I've got a new doctrine. I've got something new I want to bring to the congregation on the Sabbath. You better check them out. See what they're going, see what they're wanting to do, see what they're planning, because it's going to happen. It's, it, this is ongoing. Okay. Um, and... By the Spirit of our God, the Holy Spirit, talked about that a little earlier, the Holy Spirit of God, the power, the authority, the presence, the beings, we have the mind of God. We see things the way God sees things. We do things with His Spirit. It's His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, their mind, their power, their force, their energy, their life. That's what gives us, you know, we're mortal human beings. We're going to die. We're getting closer to it. I'm getting closer to it every day. And some of us are real close. <laughs> some of us have a long way to go. We think, but unexpectedly, it might be today or tomorrow. We don't know. It might be very short. But the thing about it is, we have God's Holy Spirit. We have His mind that is going to give us eternal life, everlasting life. This is something the world doesn't have. And I get so aggravated and so concerned when I hear talk shows and people talking and they, they're leaving God out of the equation and they don't see things from His point of view and they're trying to work it out uh, humanistically without God and without His concern and they, they have a twisted... You know, uh, there's some movie, I don't know what I've seen on, on uh, the Fox News advertising some movie, and they present Jesus as some dirty, ragged, long-haired, hippie-looking guy. 
Jesus, first thing we know, didn't have long hair. He did not have long hair. It's a shame for a man to have long hair because a Nazarite vow, they had long hair for a short time. But Jesus was not a Nazarite. He was a Nazarene. He was from Nazareth. So he took a bath. Now, he did have a beard because the indication is that he had a beard from several reasons, but he didn't have long hair. He had short hair. He wasn't dirty. He wasn't filthy. He didn't speak with a British accent. <laughs> he was a Jew. <laughs> okay, I've said enough of that. By my own little soapbox. And uh, you dash and ask me a question because I'll tell you an answer. Okay? Having a little fun up here. I may not be up here too long. Steve, keep me on the circuit if you want. Uh, but uh, anyway, when you look at their opinion of God and of Jesus and of the Bible and of the world and you know uh, you just want to you just want to shake them and tell them about the the truth don't we because it's the spirit of God in us that yearns for the truth to be in our nation and in our world oh there's so much there's so much bad and evil in the world and such were some of you but you're washed but you're sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God.